Stand with me here today. Acts chapter 28. Open your Bibles with me. Acts chapter 28. Also the leaders, just real quickly, after the sermon. Want to meet with all the leadership team really quickly, not long. Right here in the front rows for all the leadership. Acts chapter 28, verse 3. We're just going to read a couple of verses. Acts chapter 28, verse 3. It says, Paul gathered a pile of brushwood, and as he put it on the fire... A viper. Somebody say viper. Some of your translations say a snake. It says a snake driven out by the heat fastened itself or gripped itself on to his hand. Verse 4 says when the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, this man must be a murderer. For though he escaped from the sea, the goddess justice has not allowed him to live. But Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. But Paul shook the snake off. He shook the snake off. This holiday season, some of you are going to have to shake the snake off. Let's pray. Father, be with us these next few moments. Let he that has an ear, let him hear. Lord, let faith arise and let our enemies be scattered. Lord, we thank you for what you've done and what you're continuing to do. This is your church, your people. Let your message be delivered so that the message can deliver us as a people. We give you the glory, honor, praise in Jesus' name. We all said, before you're seated, tell your neighbors, shake it off. Then you may be seated. Did you know this, that bad days can happen to good people? Some of you right now are probably in a bad day. You're a good person. Bad things still happen to good people. If there's anybody that knew that and understood that, it was the Apostle Paul. He went through so many things within his life. And if you were to look at his life through a microscope, you would probably look at it in the time and go, man, he must be going through sin. But no, nevertheless, there are things that still happen to good people. Bad things still happen. And we look at the life of Paul, he went through many afflictions. Not a few, but many. Somebody say many. So here today, you know what I've learned is that your response is going to determine your results. How you respond to the things that happen to you is going to determine where you go. See, my friend, you can't control everything around you, but you can control what's inside of you. You can't control what's around you, but you can control what comes out of you. Here this morning, we're going to take a look at what's going on with Paul and how you and I can control and you and I can respond to things that happen to us according to Paul's afflictions. In Acts chapter 28, look with me here. This is going to kind of be a little bit more of a teaching, but what I really love about this portion of Scripture is that as we look through every verse, something is learned through every single verse. In Acts chapter 28, verse 1, look with me here in verse 1. It says, once safely on shore, we found out that the island was called Malta. Somebody say Malta. No, somebody say Malta. 
Now, what's happening here in this portion of Scripture, I want to kind of quickly just put this into context, is that what was happening in the, to the Apostle Paul is that he came upon this island called Malta, and he was shipwrecked. Now, he was shipwrecked with a lot of other people. Now, when it's, the Bible says they, they were shipwrecked. Who was they is that they were uh, guards, soldiers, but mostly prisoners. Paul was a prisoner in this portion of scripture and he went and he got shipwrecked on an island called Malta now he was on his way to Rome but on their way to Rome there became a furious storm now I don't have time to get into it but on your own you can read about the furious storm you need to know something sometimes in your life when you're on your way somewhere they're still going to find in an instant uh, in a moment in a suddenness and spontaneousness you're going to find yourself in a storm you didn't plan it you didn't want it to happen but nevertheless there it is again you cannot control what's around you but you can control what's inside of you you cannot control the storm but I know who can control the storm greater is he that is than he that is in the world so some of you right now you might find yourself just like Paul Paul found himself on a Malta a Malta experience this was not Paul's first destination uh, of a cruise thank you for the cruise by the way that is awesome I love that cruise cannot wait to see where it's at uh, somebody said man we get to travel all the way to San Jose from the bay amen praise the Lord I'm gonna take those little cruise liners you know those ones that just kind of circle the bay those are cool right there cannot wait uh, to, to go on that cruise but you know what I found that even in the bay storms happen in the bay not even in the deep sea, and yet we're right here. Some of you, you are barely even just coming to church, you find yourself in a storm. But some of you, you're deep sea fishing, you're in a storm. And you're going to find yourself sometimes in this storm, finding yourself shipwrecked on an island, feeling like you're by yourself. Paul found himself in this Malta experience it wasn't a part of Paul's plans it wasn't on his itinerary but nevertheless here Paul found himself in this Malta island it seemed like a setback somebody say setback have you ever found yourself on a place that is seems like a setback you were on your way somewhere, but then, nevertheless, something happened. And so some of you here this morning, you might find yourself, just like Paul, in a Malta experience. You have to, you have to wait. Don't you hate that island, the island of waiting? you got to wait. See, some of you probably right now in this waiting experience, you thought, well, I'd be married by now. What happened? I'd have this many kids by now. I'd be a millionaire by now. I thought I'd have my own business by now. You thought you might have something by now, but you find yourself on a Malta. I thought this was going to happen, but you know what I've learned is that God's ways are not our ways. Now, this is what I've learned. God's promises are your promises, but his ways are not yours. In other words, the promise is yours, but the process is his. You're going to find yourself in a Malta experience. It wasn't on the agenda. It wasn't on the itinerary. But nevertheless, it was a setback. See, Paul thought it was a setback because God told him to go to Rome. But this wasn't exactly what he had in mind what it was to get there. What I've learned about God is that sometimes he takes us backwards in order to propel us forwards. 
Sometimes he'll even take us backwards to understand some things, to see some things in order to propel us forwards. Paul found himself in this waiting situation, a place where you don't want to be, a place that's not in the plans, but nevertheless, you are here. Now, in Acts chapter 28, verse 2, I, I like this portion of Scripture. It says, the islanders showed us unusual kindness. The islanders showed us unusual kindness. It says that they built a fire and they welcomed them in the rain and in the cold. One of my favorite movies is called Unusual Suspects, or The Usual Suspects, I should say. But the reason why, it's irony, is because these are unusual people. Who in the world would think that these kind of people, matter of fact, when you read the scriptures, it calls them the natives of the land. Many commentators believe them to be barbarians or cannibals. And what I mean by cannibals is that they would eat people. You're not supposed to be here, and since you don't belong here, we're going to make sure that you are uncomfortable. You don't belong in this. You don't belong around me. But yet, nevertheless, the Bible uses the unusual suspects to help Paul. Listen, some of you here today, you might be around the not nice people, but never neglect what God has in store for you through the not nice people. Look, at when you're going through a, a crisis, you can't be picky. You can't be picky. When you're going through the storms, you can't say, well, I don't want her help because she doesn't. No, 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 it doesn't matter. When you're going through a storm, when you're going through it, my friend, God puts the most unusual people in your path to even help you. Even the people that seem like enemies become friends. And the Bible says that these people who were not uh, natives of Paul, they were not friends of Paul, but the most unlikely people became kind. They became the people that helped them even in the midst of a storm. Now, when we look here in verse 3, the Bible says that Paul was there, and he, be, he got shipwrecked. And when you read earlier in the Scripture, the Bible says there were 276 people on this ship. So there are now 276 plus the islanders that are there, and they're trying to gather uh, 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 the, the wood trying to gather and get this fire going because it's cold. When you're shipwrecked and when you're cold, the first thing you want to do is get warm. You want to get by the fire. Somebody say fire. So probably here we look at this portion of scripture and we see that the islanders are starting to realize that Paul is a little bit more than just a person who was shipwrecked. Probably when they're shipwrecked and there's prisoners, you're going to see chains and shackles. It's probably going to happen all around there. So now we see people here. We see the islanders. We see things happening. There was a, ship, uh, a hurricane that happened, took place, and now all of a sudden the apostle Paul starts picking up wood, and as he's picking up wood, a viper or a snake, somebody say snake, brings harm to Paul. Now, Right away as I began to study this, I took a look at this situation and I wanted to say, how could this apply to our lives spiritually? How can we, allegorically speaking, get away from snakes? Because snakes are going to come your way. God bless all two of you. Snakes are going to come your way. Now, what do you do when you get bit by a snake? This is important because at one time, if you're going to keep walking in the Christian walk, you're going to get bit. 
a snake is gonna bite you you will get bit and you're gonna feel it so what do you do when you get bit by a snake so i began to do some research and everybody look at this what do you do when you get bit by a snake now this is the first thing that you got to understand if you've never been bit by a snake let's first talk about how to avoid getting bit by a snake how about that that's actually what it says as i was looking this up on the guides to what to do when you get bit by a snake the first thing it says don't get bit by a snake That's what it says. Stay away from snakes. So you, you want to not get bit by a snake? Here's a good idea. Stay away from snakes. People are snaky. Stay away. It's not good to be around cobras and vipers and anacondas and cottonmouths and rattlesnakes. There are different kinds of snakes, but guess what? Stay away. Tell your neighbors, stay away. See, the funny thing is, is about snakes is that snakes, sometimes they just look harmless, but it's the venom that's on the inside that will kill you. Now, this is the crazy thing about snakes and when it comes to snakes. You know what's crazy is that some people love to make snakes pets. Now, I know some of you are like, oh, I would never do that, but I'm going to tell you right now, I know a lot of people, you walk in their house, you go, oh my, whoa, hey, whoa, oh, that's my pet snake. The crazy thing is, that's how sometimes, how Christians are. You walk into their house and go, oh, that's my pet bitterness right there. It's latched on. It's my pet guilt. That's my pet unforgiveness. That's my pet. See, if, if you want to be able to move forward in the things of God, you've got to get rid of these snakes. Stay away from snakes. That's a good idea, isn't that? Tell your neighbors, stay away. You know why you got to stay away? Because that girl is poison. That's what I thought of when I was studying this thing. right away. Never trust a big back and a smile. That was the uh, clean version. Because you never know that's poison. You know what the second thing is? We're looking at the guidelines for this, what to do when you get bit by a snake. Avoid areas of tall grass and brush. Avoid areas of tall grass and brush because these are the areas that snakes like to hide. In other words, it's in the secret places where you cannot see it, but there's a snake there. You may not be able to see it, but in those dark, shadowy places that you cannot see, there could be a snake there. So you got to avoid these areas. It also says, do not put your hands and feet in dark holes or crevices. This is where snakes like to hide, much like secret sins. Don't put your feet in places where they should not be. See, look, at this is very important because as a child of God, there's just certain places that you and I just shouldn't go. It's not that we can't go. It's just you shouldn't go. 
Because if you're going to be a child of God and you want to protect the vision, you want to protect the call that God has given you, there's just certain things and certain places you should not go. People have asked me, I remember when I first got saved, they say, well, how come you don't go out there and, you know, you, you can go out there and do, to your friends and they're out there in the clubs. You're, you're strong. You can go do that. No, it's not that I can't do that. It's just I don't want to do that. I don't want to put these feet and these hands in places where they should not be. See, that's why it's important. People always ask me all the time, well, how come this church drinks alcohol and you guys don't drink alcohol? Look, it's not that we can't. It's just I don't want to. I don't want these hands to find alcohol or these lips to find alcohol because it's not about the hands. It's not about the lips. It's about my heart. And if you know anything about this heart is that this heart gets addicted. So I don't want to get addicted to alcohol. It's not that I can. It's just I don't want to. I don't have a taste for that. Plus, if I get addicted to that, it's going to push out my other addiction. You know what I'm addicted to? I'm addicted to God. I'm addicted to Jesus. I'm addicted to the lover of my soul. So I don't need any other addictions that are going to take this. My hands and my heart belong to him. So that's why my feet don't go into tall grass. That's why these hands don't go into dark places because I don't want to get bit by a snake. Oh, but I'm strong. I'm good. Look at I don't care how strong you are. Venom is even stronger. It's even poison, poison. That's all I think of my hand. It's even strong. Be careful. Tell your neighbor, be careful. Now, if you notice here in this scripture, the Bible says that the snake attacked Paul as he got closer to the fire. It jumped out and bit him as he began to fan the fire. You know what I have found is that snakes will bite you as you get closer to the fire. You know what the fire is? The fire is the church coming together. Assembly of the saints coming together. See, and, and, and I want you to understand this because a lot of times we begin to think, oh, they're going through it. They, they, they must be in sin. No, sometimes uh, bad things happen to good people. It just, it happens. Cars break down. Things happen to your children. Things happen to you. You lose your job. It's not that you're in sin. It's just you're getting close to the fire. And that fire represents the purpose. So here this morning, if you feel like you've gotten bit, it's, it's okay. Stay close to the fire. Because the moment you get closer to the fire, don't worry. The snake is going to have to leave you. The poison is going to have It's going to have to go. Stay close to the fire. Tell your neighbor, stay close to the fire. See, the snake's job is to stop you from fulfilling your purpose. It's to stop you from fulfilling your purpose. I say that because this holiday season, some of you, you're going to get a lot of snake bites this holiday season. And the funny thing is, is they're going to come from even the, clo- the people that are closest to you. What are you doing at that church? You got to recognize the Some of it rattles and some of it doesn't but you got to recognize the one bite that's trying to take you from the fire take you from your purpose take you from God's call take you away from that the third thing that as I was studying this about snake bites is it also says stay alert somebody say stay alert listen if you're going to stay alert in this battle a good thing to do is to stay active Be active. In other words, just don't be a sitting duck, as they say. Just don't be there doing nothing. Get 
involved. Move around. You know what I've learned about snake bites is that snakes, as I was studying this, the majority of snake bites are defense mechanisms. In other words, they're just trying to defend their territory. So if you stay out of their territory and you keep active in your territory, you won't get bit. Stay alert. Somebody say, stay alert. Now, the, the thing about it is that when it comes to uh, these snakes, you don't want to be a snake hunter. Don't worry about it. They will find you. They'll find you. But you must be on alert. Watch what is coming into your house. Watch what is coming into your heart. Watch what is coming into your children. Watch what is coming into your pathway of your vision of your future. you got to stay alert. Be on watch. Paul would say this in many of the different letters that he wrote to the churches. He would always say, stay alert. Be vigilant. Stay alert. See, this is one of the reasons why many of us, we use that scripture about beware of that roaring lion. The enemy is like a roaring lion. Can you know the difference between the lion of Judah and the lion that's an enemy? Can you tell the difference? Do you know? Can you be alert? Can you be watchful? Can you be mindful? Stay alert of what is trying to take you away from your call. The next thing that it says about snake bites it says this, it says, wear protective clothing when you are near the wilderness. Wear protective clothing. The first thing that I thought of as I was putting this together, I thought of, oh my gosh, that sounds like the full armor of God, right? Put on your helmet. When you have your helmet on, your mind cannot get bit. When you have your helmet on, your mind cannot be deceived. Keep the helmet of salvation on. Your mind cannot get uh, bit. The thoughts that you have, the visions that you have, keep your helmet on. You got to keep your breastplate on. Because when you have your breastplate on, the poison cannot get into your heart. See, that's why it's very important you protect this heart. Guard your heart. Guard this thing. This is very important. You have to guard your heart because there are the issues of life that are inside of here. Protect it. Protect your heart. Protect your house. Listen to me. This is why it's very important, fathers. As for me and my house, you're the first one. You must protect your house. Protect your heart. This is what God has called us to do. Wear protective gear. Put on the full armor of God. Can I hear an amen? Put on the belt of truth because when you have the belt on, you know the difference between a truth and a lie. When you have the belt on, you know the difference between a truth and a lie. I don't know about you, but I've been watching a lot of the news lately, and man, you cannot tell who's telling the truth sometimes, right? All of a sudden, you've heard the, the phrase that's coined, fake news, fake news, fake news. So nowadays, when you don't want to hear the truth or you don't know the truth, all you do is just say, well, that's fake. It's not that it's probably fake. It's just you don't know the difference. Spiritual warfare, I, I heard a preacher talk about this. Spiritual warfare is not fighting power against power. It's fighting truth against lies. You're trying to find out what is the truth. You know why? It's because only the truth will set you free. Only the truth will set you free. That's why many times we feel ourselves in bondage. I don't know what's real. I don't know what it is. Because you need to know and find out the truth because the truth will set you free. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? Put on the full armor of God. Also with the shoes on, the snake cannot take away your peace. The peace. See, 
There are things that we find out here about being snake bitten. The first thing that I found in all the different guidelines, you know what it says when you get bit by a snake? The first thing you're supposed to do, it says, stay calm. Stay calm. Now, it's kind of contrary to what we see on the movies, because on the movies right away, you'll see people get bit. Oh, my gosh, put a, you know, put a tourniquet on it, wrap it up. Or you'll even see, suck out the venom. You know that it actually says you're not supposed to suck out no venom. You're supposed to leave it there. There's a couple reasons to leave it there. Number one, because you're not strong enough to suck out every single poison. You can't do it. It's, all, it's virtually impossible from the moment it happens. So it actually says stay calm and don't move. That's what it says. Stay calm and don't move. I said don't move. Wait, I, that, I thought you were supposed to like bandage it and move all this, get some water. Actually, it says don't do that. It says don't do it. It says one of the reasons why don't get water is because when you get to a doctor, a doctor has to assess which kind of poison it is. And if you wipe it away, they don't know what's inside you. So that's why I said don't do that. Just leave it there. But it says stay calm and don't move. This is very important. Somebody say stay calm. Don't move. Tell your neighbor, stay calm, don't move. Now, there are two reasons why to stay calm after getting bit by a snake. The first reason why is to stay calm is because you don't want to get bit again. That's a good thing. You move too much, the snake might bite you again. So whether it's a venomous snake or not, it's kind of a good idea. Don't move, don't get bit again. Can I hear an Amen. The second reason why you need to stay calm after getting bit by a snake is to slow the spread of any venom. Now, this is important. This is what kind of got me. Contrary to common belief, snake venom does not travel through the blood. It travels through the lymphatic system. I want you to hear this. It doesn't travel through the blood. It travels through the lymphatic system. In the circulatory system, the heart pumps blood in a loop throughout our bodies. Lymphatic system does not move like this. It moves in one direction, and it moves only towards the neck. It does not have its own pump system. The lymph instead relies on motion of the muscles and joints to move it from cell to cell. If you stay completely still, then lymph or the venom cannot move, but you must be really still see Paul understood something when he got bit don't get crazy and start yelling at everybody oh my gosh I got bit stay calm don't move the only way the venom can jump over to the next cells is your constant movement. I can't tell you how many times I've seen people in the church get bit and constantly want to tell everybody. Oh, did you hear about this? Oh, did you hear about that? Whoa, 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 whoa. Just be cool. Just be calm. I've seen many people, my son included, when a scar happened and he saw blood it wasn't that he started crying when he got the scar. He started crying when he saw the blood. I know some of you are probably like that too. You're like, ow, what is that? You, <laughs> and it's something about just knowing that something happened to you. I got to tell everybody. I got to move. When in all reality, don't move. Just be cool. Matter of fact, get closer to the fire. Stay 
cool. There was something about Paul's situation that he understood that I think you and I should understand is that, <clears throat> number one, you got to understand, at one time in your life, if you keep on working, you're going to get bit. But when you get bit, you don't have to make a whole bunch of movement. You don't have to start going crazy and ballistic. Oh, my gosh. It's the world I'm going to end. Paul understood something. This is what I really love about Paul. Paul knew that, hey, I got bit, but this is not how I'm going to die. I'm not dying like this. I may have gotten bit, but it doesn't end like this. You ever watch those movies that no matter what happens, this guy or girl just will not die? They just never, ever die. I mean, in real life, you're like, oh, yeah, I would have died twice already. But in the movies... I mean, the piano falls on him. The next scene, he's alive. It's like, oh, what in the world is going on? They're in every scene of the movie, but they almost died. They killed Kenny. <laughs> That's just for those of you that understood that. What? It's just, it doesn't, just doesn't matter. And I think what Paul understood is what you and I should understand is that, look, it, greater is he that is in me than he that is trying to bite me. Doesn't matter what you're going through. I know that my God has got me. My God is here with me. That no matter, come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. No matter what I'm going through, no matter what you're going through, God has got you. Can I hear an amen? See, that's the peace of God. It's not that it didn't happen to me. It's not that this didn't take place. It's not that somebody didn't say this or this didn't take place within my family. No, all this is happening. It seemed like chaos is happening, a hurricane, a shipwreck is happening, but it doesn't matter. I got the peace of God. I have got the peace of God no matter what. Can I hear an amen? The fifth thing that it actually says to do when, when it comes to snakes it actually says, and I thought this was hilarious, but it says, don't have venomous snakes as pets. Don't have them as pets. You know that 95% of snake bites occur when they try to catch or kill a snake? Did you know that? 95% of the bites happen when people think they can control a snake. The majority of bites, as I was looking at this, the majority of bites happen in India. Did you know that? Majority of all bites all over the world happen in India. And one of the reasons why they happen in India is because they have, we would call them as pets. They actually worship them as gods. They're like gods. And so as you look at the research of this, the majority of all snake bites is because people think, I got this. I could take care of this. No, no, no. I can handle this. And I'm going to tell you right now, you better be very careful with those snakes. You know what's heavy about this? That Paul, the Bible says that here, that in Acts chapter 28, verse 4, it says, The islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, and they said to each other, This man must be a murderer. Have you ever just been going through something and people just watch you go through it? I mean, you're going through hell, and people are like, Wow. Look at him. He must be going through hell. And you're over here, I'm going through hell. Help. Man, that guy needs help. Somebody should probably help him. 
And the funny thing is, is that that's the generation that we live in today. When you look at all the viral videos that go on all over the internet, you know the majority of them are people just watching, not helping. Wow, look at, hey, look, look at that dog just biting that guy's leg off. That's crazy. Somebody should, you should get in there and help him. No, I can't help. I'm videotaping this thing. That's actually what happened here with Paul. You think it's new? It's not new. It's our generation. It's not the generation. There's actually a people from Malta that used to do that. They didn't have Facebook. They didn't have Instagram, but they did the same thing. Hey, look at that guy. He must be a murderer. God's getting him back. Rather than helping the guy, they just came up to their own conclusion. You ever notice that? That that's the only exercise that a lot of people get, just jumping to conclusions? That's the only time they ever get it. It is... That's their only way of jumping. Hey, oh, he must be this. She must be that. That's why they're going through it when in all reality, no, they're just getting close to the fire and the enemy's trying to take them out. See, what you and I have to understand is that sometimes people are going to get bit. People are going to be going through things, but they don't need people to notice and Facebook it. They don't need people to go around and, and Instagram it. They don't need people to tell everybody what's going on. What they really need is to put down that thing and give them a helping hand. Say, how can I help you? What can I do to bless you? What can I do to see you through so that you can get connected to the fire? Is it, I think it's kind of safe to say that we should not be the church that jumps to conclusions. Look, we don't understand everything that goes on, but I want to tell you right now, do not be the person that jumps to conclusions. It doesn't help you. It doesn't help me, and it definitely doesn't help the person that you're looking at. He must be a murderer. He's getting got. When in all reality, no, they're just trying their best. They're doing their best to get close to the fire. Matter of fact, you know what would help them get close to the fire? You. Hey, let me help you with that. Let me give you a helping hand. Can I hear an amen? There's something that I found, and I close with this. I can come to the piano. That I found why I think and I believe that Paul at this particular moment, that he got bit, and why I believe even many times the enemy wants to bite you. The enemy wants to come and bite you. One reason why I believe the snake wants to bite you is because the snake wants to bite you and I to stop your work. The Bible says that Paul was gathering the sticks. He was just working with his hands. He was preparing. He was being a servant. He was gathering uh, things together for the saints. He was gathering things together for those that they can get warm because the Bible says it was a rainy and cold day. But what he wanted to do, he was putting his hand to the plow. He was working. And this is what I've learned is that the enemy wants to stop your hand from getting to the plow. He wants to stop your work, stop your efforts, stop you from doing the work of God. I, I want to tell you something. I've been in this ministry quite a long time, and I've seen a lot of people get bit, and they've stopped the work. They've stopped their work. They've stopped doing what God has called them to do. You know what's funny is that for a quick moment, I remember my father, he had me be the head usher of the church. Quick moment. He had me be the head usher of the church. And you know what I found? Is that people get most hurt at somebody who doesn't shake their hand. I, you know, I found, in church. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking in church. Because I don't know what it is, but there's something that's powerful about a handshake. I mean, it's just like, 
I cannot wait to shake their hand. I cannot wait to give them a hug. So when that handshake or hug doesn't happen, how dare you not shake my hand? See, what happens is, uh, Pastor Manuel, why don't you go ahead and stand up real quick. You're, you're, the, you're the head usher right now. Pastor Manuel is the head usher, right? And all of a sudden, he's coming, and all of a sudden, he's coming to shake his hand. But instead of shaking the hands, it gets bit. You don't like me. You're faking it. You don't really want to shake my hand. You haven't said anything to me this whole time. Now you want to shake my hand? The venom. But instead, you get, oh, God bless you. But the venom inside, I cannot wait for you to get yours. Gets close. And if you're not careful, the venom can get inside of your heart and stop your work. I can't tell, thank you, Pastor Manuel. I can't tell you how many different pastors, even I've seen, gotten bit. They got poison inside their heart, and they stopped the work. Listen, my friend, don't ever stop working for the Lord. The Bible says that the works that you do down here, you're going to get your due reward. You're going to get your just reward. In other words, you go to work tomorrow, you're going to get paid next week. That's how it is. That's your reward for doing what you did. You put a nail inside of wood, you're going to get your reward. But my friend, only what you do for Christ will last. You're not seeing your reward right here, but do not stop working for the Lord. I know it may be hard. I know it may be difficult, but don't stop putting your hand to the plow. Keep on moving forward for God. Put your hand to the plow. Get active. Get connected. It's very important to get connected and put your hand to the plow. Another reason why I believe the snake bit his hand is because the snake wanted to stop his worship. Wanted to stop his worship. See, when you when your hands are heavy, your heart is weary. And when your heart is weary, you definitely don't want to worship. It's difficult to come into church and your heart is weary. Like, man, I'm going through this, going through that. Nobody really knows and understands what is happening. happening. But, man, there's nothing more hard and more difficult than a worshipless saint. A saint that comes and they're just here, but man, I just can't lift my hand. Some of you right now, that's why when, when the worship leaders and the worship team, they come up here and they say, come on, let's lift our hands. But you can't because there's venom in your heart. There's poison in your heart. I can't do that. That's not me. You don't know what I'm going through. See, the snake wants to come. He wants to stop your work, and he wants to stop your worship. And the third thing that I see in here with Paul, why it bit his hand, stopped his work, stopped his worship, but it also, what I see is that it stopped his writing. Paul was a writer. He wrote 13 epistles. He wrote half of the New Testament, and he was a writer. The Bible says to get the vision and to write it down. Write the vision down. When the enemy comes in and he wants to stop your writing, what he's saying is he wants to stop your vision. He wants to stop your future. He wants to stop your call. He wants to stop what God wants to do within your life. He wants to stop you from being able to write it down. You know what I've learned is that a person, a man who doesn't have a vision has no future. And a person who has no future will always revert to his past. 
So that's why many times, if you're not writing it down, say, man, I am a man of God. I am a woman of God. God has separated me. I am going to be a pastor. I am going to be a preacher. I am going to be a director. I am going to be a business owner. I am going to have a family. I am a greater is he that is in me. And you write these things down. That's why we always tell you, hey, take notes, write it down. Because as the preacher's preaching, the spirit is quickening you and you're writing it down and you get it there in your scripture and you highlight that thing. You say, man, that's my scripture right there. That's my verse right there. That is what God has told me. This is my promise for my son. This is my promise for my daughter. I'm writing it down. Uh, God has given my son or my daughter, my mom, my dad a future. And I know that I know that I know that God has called me. See, the enemy wants to stop your writing. Some of you, you should be writing. You should be writing books. Haven't some of you been through so much that when you've shared your testimony, people have said, hey, your life is a movie. Anybody ever told you that? Man, your life should be a movie. Some of you, you should probably write that down. You should write it down. We should make it a movie. Because some of you, your life is drama. You would win. I'll give you the Oscar right now. You got it. When I look at Eric's life, oh, right away, I'll just give you the Oscar right now, bro. The things that, this is what I love too, also. Frank and Maxine, you're getting an Oscar, but this is a great thing I love about it. It's not over. You're still writing the chapters. You're still going through it. You're still writing it. I know some of you, you've looked at chapter 6 of your life, and you thought it stopped there. It's not over. I know it looks like right now your son or your daughter ain't getting it, but don't worry. That's chapter 7. There's still chapter 9. Don't worry. We still got a chapter 12. See, you, you don't see chapter 13, chapter 15 right now. You're not seeing that. So you're living in chapter 8 thinking this is where it ends. But my friend, that's not where your life ends. It's not over yet. You may not see it. You may not have it right now. But I'm telling you, keep on writing. Keep on pushing. Keep on moving. And this is what the Apostle Paul did, and I close with this. The Bible says that he looked at the snake, he looked at all those that were looking at him, and jumping to conclusions, and he said, you know what? I need to shake this thing off. got to shake it off. And the great words of that great Apostle Taylor Swift. I think she took it from the Apostle Paul. Because haters are going to hate Hate, 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 hate. Players are going to play. Play, play. Play, play. But all you got to do, that's actually what he did. And he just moved on to his business. That's it. He was calm. He was cool. Hey, I got bit. Big deal. People talk about me. Hey, that's fine. People are looking at me, jumping to conclusions. Hey, that's okay. I just got to shake it off. See, some of you right now, you still have past regrets from past holiday seasons all over you. That's why it's difficult holiday seasons. Believe me, if there's anybody that understands what it is to have an empty chair, my mom talks about that with her, 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 her messages and her teachings that she has, the empty chair. Every holiday season, I wish my grandma was here. I wish my dad was here. I wish my mom was here. I wish so-and-so was here. And so you always have an empty chair. And you may not have a physical empty chair, but spiritually, there's an empty chair in your heart. And so you're always thinking, man, it's my fault. And you put this blame on you. You have this guilt on you. And I know it's difficult to say. I know it's a difficult thing, but I'm going to tell you right now, that was chapter 11 you're still writing chapter 12 
You're still right. I know it's a hard thing. Believe me, if there's anybody that understands, it's a hard thing. I know it is. I wish I still had my father here. I wish He never met my grandkids, but one day he's going to. One day he's going to see them. One day they're going to be face to face for eternity. Look at This is just a fraction of forever. That's okay. That's all right. Don't live just right here in the now. Now is good. This is a good place to breathe. But right there in the future, that's a good place to live. Some of you here this, this holiday season, I want to challenge you. Shake off those things. Matter of fact, the Apostle Paul later on says you got to get rid of them. you got to get rid of them. See, that's the thing about these heavy weights that have come upon you. You and I can't help other people all the time. Sometimes you got to do it yourself. You have to throw it. You have to treat it like garbage. That's actually what he says. Treat it like trash. Get rid of the thing. Throw it off. Shake it off. This holiday season, some of you, if the venom comes, it's all right. I'm going to shake it off. You know what was heavy is that when you read later on in the scriptures, the Bible says that he shook it off. The snake went in the fire. It died. And everybody in the whole island got healed because Paul shook it off. That's what it says. Everybody on the whole island was healed because he shook it off. See, some of you right now, you're seeing other people around you sick. They're waiting for you to shake it off. They're waiting for you to, I know this is hard. I know it's difficult, but look it. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm not going to let the enemy bite me. I'm not going to let the enemy live around. No, it's not going to happen right now. Not this season, devil. Devil, you've had too many seasons in my life. I am ready to shake this whole thing off. You will not win. I've got more chapters to write in my life. God has called me. God has given me a purpose and a plan. I'm going to shake it off. Listen, some of you this holiday season, you got to shake it off. You got to shake, oh, but pastor, you don't understand. Look, we, many of us, we've all been bitten, but you got to shake it off. But that's the, I can't shake it off for you. You got to do that. You got to get, you got your own snake. And some of you, if you got a pet snake at home, cut the head off. Get rid of that thing. That's what the sword is for. Did you know that? The sword is cut that thing. Cut the enemy's head. Get out of here. You don't belong in this house. This holiday season, I want to challenge you. If you want to have the best holiday season of your life, shake off the things that have been holding you back from moving you forward. Bow your heads with me here today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.